0: Oh, man, welcome on to Moxie. I am Fred Wellman, your host of F.P. On to Moxie, F.P. Wellman. So glad to have you. We had a great show. I'm so excited. Let's not waste any time because I want to get right to this interview. Man, welcome back. I still am Fred Wellman. It's been 30 seconds, I know. This is On to FP Wellman right here on the Maya's Touch Network and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Remember, as always, to like, share leave a comment. You know, I stay up late Friday night and Thursday to talk to you guys. So please make sure you say hi to me. Otherwise I get lonely. I'm just sitting there drinking in my house by myself. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> so in the meantime, I'm so excited, man. It's crazy as always. You know, I, every week I say I've actually been changing a little bit, but every week I say it's been a crazy week in Washington. It's just crazy everywhere now. Right. I and mean, we're, we're in the world of an alternate reality. It feels like sometimes I mean, on the way to the studio today, I saw a story that basically Trump did a filing with Judge Chutkin in the DC January 6th trial. And, and he's just said, Well, you know, I'm just going to assume this is going to be sell- held, so I'm just not going to participate anymore. Like, you know, it's just, it must be so cool to be able to just decide you're not going to participate in your criminal trial. But that's the reality we live in. And I couldn't think of a better guess this week than someone who's. Spent a lot of time diving into the world of alternate reality on Fox News and Brian Stelter. So, Brian, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank Brian. you. Brian That's is okay. uh, going to introduce a New York Times bestselling author of three books, including his newest, Network of Lies, which if you don't see on the screen at this point, you're, you're blind. <laughs> Brian, of course, was previously a media reporter at New York Times. Chief media correspondent for CNN Worldwide and anchor of Reliable Sources. Man, I really I've been a fan for a long time, so it's so great you took time for us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great to be here. You've had quite a month. I mean, you're on The View, and then you did an interview with Kara Schwitzer, and now, right here on the Myest Touch Network. (laughs) I'm telling you, man.
1: And I would had, say saving the best for last. I but think this, so. is not nearly, this is not nearly the end. So <laughs> no, you got I
0: know you gotta sell those books. Well, you know, our our the great thing about the this show is our viewers are passionate and they buy books. And I gotta tell you folks up front, that's a great book. It's fascinating, especially for the moment. It's very, very current. Uh if you could see up close, you may see tabs sticking out of my copy because there's like four or five pads. T- I took all my business cards on my desk and stuck them in key parts. And so let's just dive into it. You know, Brian, there's been a number of books about Fox News. Obviously lately you wrote i think hoax was about fox news yeah. right but i think th- this is a different one right because the dominion lawsuit kind of gave you access some energy tell me tell me why this book now why is it so different than what you've done before
1: because this is the on the record story right. You know, I, in the past i've been dealing with anonymous sources confidential sources hosts and producers and executives whispers people that wouldn't put their names to these stories and i feel like uh, the, the the reporting that i had in hoax which was mostly anonymously sourced was then put on the record by Dominion's lawyers because Dominion's lawyers went in there and found Sean Hannity's emails and Rupert Murdoch's emails, Darren Carlson's text messages. So all of a sudden we had this incredible treasure trove of documents from inside Fox and I felt like I had to put it into a book.
0: And it wasn't easy to find this stuff, right? I think it, it, it's it's all buried. I mean, we all know lawsuits. I, I know lawsuits exactly. very well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like you can Google it, right?
1: <laughs> public filings are not really public. You know, no. Yes, you know, if you get to the Wilmington, Delaware, you get into the government database get into the court database. You can you know, get a hold of these documents, but they're out of context They're out of order. So really the project for me was taking all this raw material that Dominion was able to obtain through its lawsuit and making it make sense putting it in chronological order telling a story with it
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's a hell of a story, right? I mean and 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 one of the most shocking things for me i this middle tab right here is and I should have known this because I do follow the news It's kind of my job but how the I mean, because the the base of this goes around the lies, right? This goes around most of your focus is on the big lie surrounding you know the election and and how Fox News is a part of that 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 arc, and 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 of course leading to Dominion and Smartmatic lawsuits. But I had no idea how the Dominion lie actually started. Uh, is it Janine, Of course, my favorite one, uh, uh, Maria Bartiromo is involved in this. But how did the how did the hoax about these voting machines really start?
1: Right. Right. It really started the same weekend that Biden was projected to be president elect. Yeah. And you know, if you think back to November 2020, instead of election night, we had election week. Oh, I, remember. I remember it went on for four or five days and it was pretty clear by Saturday morning, Biden was going to be president. That's when all the networks made the projection. And on that same day, the same day that people in New York and L.A. and D.C. and other people are going to the streets celebrating Biden's victory. You had Maria Bartiromo emailing with Sidney Powell, the Trump-aligned lawyer uh, who recently pled guilty in Georgia. Sidney Powell had received this batshit crazy conspiratorial email from a random woman in Minnesota who by her own account had wackadoodle ideas and I mean, in this conspiratorial I mean, the email the header you used on the chapter was
0: wackadoodle if I remember correctly yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it's wackadoodle and yet it's this rambling email full of ideas about Dominion and Nancy Pelosi and voting machines and hacking and because this random email is what Sidney Powell and Marie Barterville want to believe they want yeah. to believe Trump has a chance they, they want to believe maybe he won they want to believe maybe he can hold on to power uh Sidney Powell sends it to Maria Maria sends it to Eric Trump and then the next morning Sunday morning uh, Maria Bartiromo basically if she appears to read from it almost word for word on the air setting Sidney Powell up to defame and smear dominion so you have a situation here where you know it's a TV host and a guest who are in cahoots who are yeah. colluding to present this conspiracy theory, alternative reality about what really happened with the election. And I think it's important, Fred, because the big lie didn't just it didn't just come out of nowhere. Trump didn't just you know conjure it up out of thin air. Right. It was made to happen. It was given to him by people like Sidney Powell, Maria Bartiromo.
0: Yeah. And it's something I've said a lot about Trump is I had um, oh gosh, my, there's so many guests on the show. We had a wonderful guest a, a, few, a, a few a few months ago, and he said very well that in many ways Trump is a reflection of what he's hearing. You know, his whole style when he gives speeches, he he sees what people are saying, that becomes his thing, and and that's what this is. He, he, none of his ideas aren't original, but they are tested and these speeches and these things, and he's getting them from Fox News and elsewhere. And that's the case here, right, where what he wanted to hear was handed to him right on his favorite TV channel, and he went from there and ran with it, right? It's He's it's, it's more of a, I don't, even, I don't know, the right word, Forrest Gumpian, I guess. A parrot, <laughs> you know? a, parrot a puppet. He's just, yeah. he
1: repeats what he's hearing. It is oftentimes what he's being told by Fox. He's And look, that was the point of hoax in 2020, which right. I, I reassert in Network of Lies. Trump, yes, he was boosted into office by Fox. He wouldn't have won the election without Fox. But once he was in office, he was misinformed. He was disinformed. He was deceived by his friends on Fox. You know, I make the case in a Network of Lies that, you know, the red wave of 2022 that didn't materialize, right? Right. There are all these uh, situations where Trump and his fans are misinformed by their favorite network. and And certainly, you know, that's what happened with the election in 2020. He was told a story about Dominion, that that he was the victim and that Dominion was a villain. Smartmatic was another villain. There were these voting companies out there that were stealing the election from him. Yeah, and does. this story, which, of course, he wanted to believe, right, it was sold to him over and over again on Fox. And it was not just sold to Trump. It was sold to Trump's fans, his voters. Some of them even bought tickets and flew to Washington and charged up into the Capitol as a result. Right, I mean, and and it all goes from there.
0: Is that 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 ecosphere, that, that that echo chamber, if you will, of 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 repeated lies and repeated lies. And and you know, I I was a, I don't know if you know, I was a I was a public affairs officer in the army. That's what I, my last job was. General Petraeus decided I should be a spokesman because I'm I'm good on TV, I guess. <laughs> and I ended up you know kind of getting involved in that. And I'm passionate about the media. I'm passionate, you know. I I I, I learned. As a matter of fact, my, one of my first biggest signs was Iraq. Talk about a baptism, a little a baptism of fire in two thousand five. I learned mm. that are great media giants like John Fisher Burns, two-time Pulitzer Prize winner from the New York Times. If you remember, he was the Fish Farm Bureau chief for Yeah, John New Burns. York Times. Yeah. John was amazing guy, tall guy, crazy classic journalist. Looked terrible all the time. Hair was crazy. Hadn't <laughs> lived in the United States like ever, you know. And I remember going on to you know bases with John. He'd like take me under his wing and say, "Ah, oh, you're an idiot. Here's what the real story is," you know. And that's why I have much love. And and, and as part of that, when I came, when I came back from Iraq the first time, when I found out I was going to be Spoke Actually, Kira Phillips and I become friends. I spent the day at CNN with mm-hmm. her. She kind of wanted me to show me how things work. And I went to the morning meeting there, the production meeting where the stories were talked about from New York. I was in Atlanta. You know, the, everybody came in and kind of decided what the stories were for the day. There was a whole process of mm-hmm. the story development. So I'm always baffled by how that doesn't happen at Fox. I mean, I mean, you literally said in one segment, I remember it, it just caught my eye as I was reading it, like Fox, I think it was an offhand comment from you in the book, which was by Tucker Carlson, and how his producers look at the news and decide what to be angry about that day. Where, Where is it going wrong? I mean, why? I'm baffled by how system, there's, there's is there a system? And how does it allow so much trash to flow onto their network?
1: Right. Does that make sense? Well. Her- Long uh, uh, definitely. Look, uh, first of all, Fox is many things in one. It is a relatively small news operation, a really big propaganda operation. <laughs> and then it's also got entertainment programming, lifestyle programming. You know, they have Fox Weather, they have a weather network. Yeah. It's a lot of different things that live uncomfortably, uneasily within the same organism, within the same brand. Right. And I, I, I acknowledge it up front to say yes, there are reporters working at Fox. They wake up in the morning and they want to go gather information and tell the viewers. Yep. But those reporters are so overwhelmed by this propaganda machine that doesn't really want to hear what they report, but instead wants to focus on, you know, what Sean Hannity wants to be true, what Laura Ingram hopes is true, what Jesse Waters wants to make to be true, yeah. right? That is the focus of Fox. And so in that environment, there's not really a role for an editorial meeting to talk about what's happening in the world and what might be happening later today. Instead, what Fox is doing is reacting to the news from other places and complaining about it, right? Uh, bitching about it, moaning about it, uh, rejecting it, denying it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's largely, so it's really a, you know, we think about cable news as being a news thing, but it's really talking about the news. That's what Fox does. They talk about the news. They complain about the news. They make up their own news. Uh, Gosh, you remember the recent example out of Niagara Falls day before Thanksgiving, Fox goes on and claims that it was a terrorist attack. When in fact there was it was a tragic accident, a a man and a a husband and wife, their car out of control, exploded by the border checkpoint. Fox was telling viewers for hours that that was a terrorist attack. And, you know, eventually they had to walk it back. They were kind of embarrassed, but no one said sorry. No one got in trouble. Wow. And the reason that can happen on Fox is because there's not a system, because there's not, as at CNN, an Atlanta-based standards and practices department, right? where they bet information, where they talk about the sources. Now, just because you have a system, things still go wrong. I made mistakes at CNN. Everybody makes mistakes, Yeah. but at least they have a system to try to check what's true. And in Fox, there basically is none of that. It is really... You know, it's it's a system. It's the system they have <laughs> is to try to elect Republicans and destroy Democrats. It's as simple as that. Yeah,
0: I've, I've been I've had fact checkers from Fox call me when, in, in previous roles. I don't if you remember, I, you know, <laughs> I was I was the executor of the Lincoln Project. So that was super fun. <laughs> and, and we had um, I think we counted it when the big scandal broke with John Weaver and other scandal because they created my, my, my colleagues created three more scandals. I think we had nine straight days of being mentioned every hour on the hour on Fox News <laughs> and 45 days straight of, of negative news. It was great. Uh, but yeah, their fact checkers are like these, This, this you know, is it true you went bankrupt and, and shouldn't be in charge of anything? It's like, I'm just going to ignore your call, but thanks. <laughs> you know, it, it is a very different animal than a news organization that I would expect.
1: Uh, well, I have the same experience. When they write about oh, me, they'll sometimes yes. ask me for comment ahead of time. But I know they've already decided what the story is. Right. They've probably already written the entire draft. They've already drafted a headline. Yep. Whatever I say in response is not going to influence the story. So, yep. uh, I typically do the same thing you do. I usually ignore them. Yeah, there's just no point because you're just going to dig your hole deeper.
0: Now, right. so we started this thing, you know, the Dominion lawsuit was a gold mine and a lot of came out of That's where a lot of the material came from. Now, yeah. I guess Smartmatics lawsuit is starting and it's taking a little longer. Um, what's the difference? I mean, it, it, I think a lot yeah. of the average American doesn't understand what the difference between two lawsuits and what what mm-hmm. we should expect.
1: Well, one of the lies that Fox spread was that Dominion and Smartmatic were actually the same company. Okay, that They were in cahoots together. And that's not true. They were rivals. They are rival companies. They're separate companies with two separate lawsuits. So Dominion sued uh in Delaware, uh, partly because they wanted a speedy trial. Okay. And that's why that case was settled earlier this year. Uh, right on the verge of trial, it was settled in Delaware. Smartmatic sued in New York and the courts are backlogged, partly because of COVID. Uh, That case, if it gets to trial, won't get to trial until 2025. But the Smartmatic case is progressing with the discovery process, the same process that Dominion used to obtain all those emails and texts. Smartmatic is now going through the same process. They are uh, holding depositions. They recently, the lawyers recently deposed Rupert Murdoch. So, you know, in the words of one source, we get a second bite of the apple. The Smartmatic feels like they're able to learn from what Dominion found and then go and find even more from inside Fox. So that's what they're doing now. And you ask, what's the difference between the cases? Other than the jurisdiction and the speed of the trial, here's the big difference. Smartmatic, I would argue, has an even stronger case. (laughs) And here's why. Smartmatic, you know, uh, was only operating in one county during the 2020 election. Okay. Smartmatic has contracts all around the world, but in the United States, only one county, and it was Los Angeles County. Oh yeah. And I don't think anybody imagined Trump a possibly one very very purple, <laughs> <one> <laughs> county, very, very county, purple right? county, yeah. <laughs> so it's like as the lawyer for Smartmatic said to me, he can get up there if there is a trial. He can get up there and say, "I can prove everything Fox said about my company is a lie because of one simple fact." We were only in LA and I, so that's really interesting. And by the way, that's probably why it's not going to go to trial, right? This is probably going to get settled just like Dominion got settled, but smartmatic doesn't want to settle until they've deposed everybody until they've read all the emails. They want to get as strong a case as they can. And like Dominion, they want to force some of it out into the public domain. Because I think for these companies that get smeared, the money is obviously a lot of the victory. But so is public accountability yeah making sure that the truth gets out there after all the lies and that's that's what we see I think I think that if we talk about
0: these law, if legal cases we talk yeah. about what's happening in New York right now I mean they are we I mean, our opponents I, I will say my opponents in my case because I could say that um, are, I mean I, I if you know <laughs> Brian I'm being sued by Mike Flynn for 150 million dollars mm-hmm. over three tweets okay. <laughs> You know, and I'm not the only one. He has sued many people. Um, you know, Rick Grinnell has sued people. Cash Patel is suing people. Cash Patel is actually funding. You know, he literally says, "I'm funding lawsuits against our opponents." Um, they are mm. using the legal system very. They are, if you, the, the true weaponization of our legal system is to is to shut down this free speech. I'm. Sur- mm. I, I guess. I, I'm, I guess I'm surprised Fox let it go this far. But what you're saying is, <laughs> Smart Max not gonna let Smart Max let. They're like a dog on a bone right now, aren't they?
1: Smart Smartmatic doesn't want to settle Good. until they've achieved accountability. And the same thing with Dominion. Like people right. wonder why didn't Fox throw money at Dominion two yeah. years earlier? Well, even if they had. Uh, dominion didn't want it yet because yeah. dominion wanted a really important piece of this for dominion as i write I in the book was having all this stuff become public they wanted a four and the truth is and like I, I can say this dominion lawyers won't admit this some of what they pushed into the public record didn't really involve the case no. it didn't really matter that tucker carlson was texting his friend saying i hate donald trump yeah. like that didn't actually affect the outcome of the legal battle but it was juicy it drew attention to the issue and it drew attention to the fact that Tucker Carlson was saying one thing privately and another thing publicly. And that's what Dominion wanted to expose. And I'm glad they did. And now Tucker Carlson works at Twitter. <laughs> uh, you know, and, 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 yeah, and, yeah he's, I guess he's unemployed <laughs> like me, but he seems a lot more desperate to be out there making movies and videos and posts yeah, and all that. He, yeah. He's releasing an interview with Alex Jones this week. I mean, how much lower can he sink? Oh, I, I think he'll find more,
0: you know. And and you know, it feels like in many ways, Tucker is a segue into that has become sort of the id of the MAGA movement. In many ways, I kind of you know what I mean. It feels like in a lot of ways, you know. I know you noted in the book that you, you casually mentioned his producers. As I said, going through to see what we'd angry about. It. But yeah. you also mentioned elsewhere that you've known him for years. I mean, you've known yeah. Tucker Carlson. Did you say twenty years in an interview? You've known him for twenty years already.
1: Yeah, I've known him since 2004, and it's partly because I was mostly because I was a cable news blogger. Yeah. I blog about cable news back in the day. He was a host on CNN, then MSNBC. Of course, he and I became friendly. He even donated to my blog. We had dinner. He put me on his show. Yeah, you know, we had a friendly relationship. He look, I, I was always aware of the transactional nature of it, though. He sure. he was always courting reporters, especially media reporters, people who covered him. He wanted to be viewed in a positive light. He wanted positive press, uh, and you know, so there was it was. Obviously obviously a transactional relationship, but I feel like I at least was able to to, to, to measure the man's character a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. You know what,
0: let's take a quick break for a couple of our sponsors, and then we'll pop back in. Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have a family you want to spend time with, is so important, so important. So we could all benefit from heart-healthy energy. Now, one of the best ways to get some, by supporting your blood pressure and circulation. Superbeats hard chews are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure. They're plant-based, and stimulant-free, so you get a green boost without the jitters or caffeine. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants of Superbeets are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. Superbeets hard shoes are incredibly delicious and so much better than any alternative supplements out there. Mm-hmm. I take my Superbeets hard shoes each morning, and it's really kickstarted my morning routine. After taking my Superbeets hard shoes, I feel like I have more energy. And I'm ready to take on the day. Superbeats is the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for cardiovascular health support. It's blood pressure support you can trust. Superbeats heart juice support healthy circulations. So you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive, heart healthy energy without the crash. Now. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes and 15% off your first order by going to super, GetSuperBeats.com and using promo code FRED. That's GetSuperBeats, B-E-E-T-S.com, code FRED. Check out Human superbeats. You won't regret it. Did you know poor sleep causes weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days and having consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. And let me tell you, when I don't get enough sleep, trust me, you do not want to be around me the next day. Introducing Beam Dream. You know, we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder, their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now, here's the best part. It's available in some delicious seasonal flavors like cinnamon cacao, sea salt caramel, and white chocolate peppermint. Better sleep has really, honestly, never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed that Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. You just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, you stir a froth, and enjoy before bedtime. I personally tried Beam Dream, and it certainly lived up to the hype. It was delicious, and I had a really lovely nighttime routine with it, and second, and most importantly, honestly, it helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. Find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam, and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year. Get up to fifty percent off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com/fred. This discount's auto-applied at checkout, so you don't need to worry about the code. Just shopbeam.com/fred for up to fifty percent off this great seasonal sale. Man, Beam, thanks for being a sponsor of our show. Great. So in that way, I mean, so tell me about that transformation. I mean, because now, I mean, Tucker's really. Changed. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, he was always. We always knew this is Tom Tucker. But what, what happened in these last five, six years? I think. Well, we're I guess eight really since Trump came along is really a unique transformation to the point of, um, I don't. Is it the bubble he's in? I mean, is it is it is there a yeah. feedback loop driving this? Brian, can, can you give me some insight on what drives what has become this persona that is Tucker Carlson?
1: I think bubble's a great word for it. I I think he has become radicalized the way that many Republicans have become radicalized in the United States. That's true. uh, Partly by relying on uh, I don't want to call them news sources because they're light on news and they're heavy on propaganda, relying on media sources that confirm their worst beliefs, worst biases, sometimes prejudices. And, and, and is that bubble, that filter bubble experience where you're only hearing what you already believe to be true. You're only having it reinforced all the time. You're only being told the worst about the people that you perceive as your opponents. Uh, it becomes a scary, becomes a self-fulfilling, becomes a self-sealing environment, you know. The way that any conspiracy theory, for example, is self-sealing. If you're told that it's BS, you end up believing it more, right? right. Because the the person telling you is in on the is in on the the, the the plot. So that's what's happened to Tucker. You know, he's he's in an echo chamber, an echo prison of his own making. Uh, I, I think the difference from ten or twenty years ago is that back then Tucker was a he was an acclaimed magazine writer before he went onto television. Yeah. He was known for his great in depth magazine profiles. He's a guy who ten years ago still read the Atlantic and read the New Yorker and wanted to be in touch with in depth journalism and wanted to read stories out. Outside his own bubble, but no more. Not anymore. He he is someone who has uh, isolated himself. He has his his world has shrank, and you know I write in the book that a lot of this has to do with uh, Washington D.C. and his decision to leave D.C. Yeah. He left D.C. Um, you know, shortly before COVID, he now lives on islands in Florida and Maine, and I think that's a you know great symbol of what's happened, where he's he's off on his own islands. Um, now he might say that he left D.C. because left-wing protesters showed up outside his house and scared his wife, and there's some legitimacy to that. There were sure. you know Antifa protesters who spray painted an Antifa logo outside his driveway, but even in that episode, when the police were called to his house. The way that he described the incident did not match the police report. No way. I believe he exaggerated what happened at his house that day. So, you know, I think he's he's not only told a story to his viewers. And his followers on X that is distorted and deceptive. He's also told himself these stories that are that are deceptive. He's deceived himself. I guess Fred, it's that whole thing about getting high on your own supply. <laughs> That's it. And and he keeps on creating new ones.
0: Right now he's got this relation with Elon, and 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 of course we know what X has become. In so many ways, that toxic, that toxic feedback loop that is that that so many of them crave
1: toxic feedback loop. And it's a sad thing for me to observe as someone who respected him as a broadcaster, viewed him as a talented journalist a long time ago. And now I look at him and I say, how do I make sure that doesn't happen to me? How do I make (laughs) sure that I don't uh, fall, fall down a rabbit hole and just only want to believe the worst about my fellow americans i mean he's at the point now where he's he's selling so many lies to people yeah. um that it you know if i if i was sitting with him i feel like i could you know would, would i be able to break him of it right would i be able to look at him and say you know that that's bs right and i don't know i think maybe he's too far gone
0: yeah that it's a question we did ask ourselves a lot at lincoln project right was is is this a belief? Do the people really believe these things? And how do we break back from that? You know, and and it goes to it. it it's a nice place to talk about this this belief system we've created, and the, and I would call it the propaganda networks. I've had Ruth Beneria on the show. I've had a number of mm-hmm. experts in the authoritarian rule, and 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 I saw an I saw an article just yesterday, I think, about how actual economic reality. Compared to public perceptions of it and I, I think of that and I also think about polls talking about how 40% of Americans believe that that the Biden President Biden did something corrupt when there's no evidence whatsoever to back that up But there is this constant flood of negative economic yeah. news negative stories about but right right and, and it's in the Biden crime family They've done such a brilliant job. You've been in this business a long time Brian. Is this a new phenomena and? It, how, is should we all be terrified as I am about that? <laughs> I mean, what's your feeling about that? that yeah, that, I'm looking this,
1: up the page of the book where oh, I get into go. this. I, when you mentioned oh, Biden sorry. crime family. Yeah. I, I think that's a critical point. I think it's important to recognize that, that Fox succeeded when it comes to Biden. Yeah. Before inauguration day, like it was clear that these Fox Stars were on a mission to brand Biden as corrupt and senile. And that phrase you used, the Biden crime family, that was right. Hannity's phrase all the time. All the time. Portraying him as as, as too weak and too old was what? happening even before he was inaugurated. And I think we have to recognize It worked, you know, with with, with a lot of people. It worked. That messaging from the far right media has worked its way into the broader media and political environment. Um, Has it always been this way? No, this is much, much more, um, you know, in, in... the environment information environment is much more polluted and much more poisonous than yes. it was uh 20 or 30 years ago yeah. and i th- i think that's because of the network the word the, the in, in the title the the network is the key part of the title network of lies yeah. the network effect is the key part of this because mm. yes fox is critical it is a is dominant player in right-wing media but when you have lots of other websites and YouTubers and podcasters and all these other people reflecting the same messaging to you all the time when you're getting it from email listservs and you're getting it from, from X and from, you know, from your Facebook friends and you're hearing all the same things that Fox is saying all the time. It's amplified. It's a real network effect. It has, I think a much more uh, profound impact on people than simply hearing it from Bill O'Reilly on Fox the way you did 20 years ago. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it's funny as you were speaking I am thinking back to those early days. Like I said, my first major job as a, a spokesman for the army was Iraq in 2005, uh, a little bit before that, but it was very different, right? When 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 a reporter said something inappropriate about us, I would call them up and say, "Hey, that's inaccurate. Let me have you mm-hmm. over. We could work it out," right? It was uh yeah. but even in those early days, I remember telling my colleagues in the army, uh, look, when Fox News said we killed 100 terrorist if you will but the truth is when killed three and two of them were family members (laughs) um fox isn't gonna get in trouble for that exaggeration Right, you know, <laughs> because a lot of these military guys thought they were our friends. You know what I'm saying? That they're a friendly media, if you will, to that mission. And I would yeah. say it, it it isn't that way. It's it's the only friend we've got is facts, and that has become a very blurred thing. Right, facts is no longer mm-hmm. a thing. And like you said, we talk about the Biden crime family, and here we are with that
1: now. Well, you say facts is no longer a thing. Let me push back. Let me say, I most could. people still do care. Here. Okay, Mostly, yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah. Most people still I and maybe I'm naive, but I think most people <laughs> might still be. want to know what is true in the world. Well yeah. However, when it comes to the hyperpartisan political environment, that becomes a little less true. And okay. there are clearly sizable minorities of the public that don't care, don't really want to engage in a mission of figuring out what is true, yeah. but rather just want to have their biases reinforced re- reaffirmed
0: all right that's fair pushback I'll take it <laughs> but you're right and, and it is we we do live in a world where the, the facts are being twisted in ways that do and I, I look I'm I'm one of those guys let's it's hard to say that I am a partisan I am It's what I do for a living as a matter of fact and, and along those lines something I've talked about a lot Brian is this project 2025 and the agenda 47 if you follow right. that at all and one of the topics in that series uh, in those in those plans is Touting direct presidential control over these independent agencies that are supposed to have a boards of directors, you know, like the FEC and the FTC. But specifically, I think of you with the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, right? right. And Trump, in right. light of Trump threatening just the other day to punish. MSNBC, and then punish, of course, Comcast, the owners of MSNBC. If you talk about FTC control, you talk about FCC control, things get really scary, right? I mean, we're in a very weird world when we're talking about these plans. Um, what do you yeah. think of this? I mean, should, what, what should the average American be taking from all of this?
1: Right. You know, I just I just published a piece uh, this week for Neiman Lab about this. And the, oh, the title is Media Owners Are in the Crosshairs yeah. as Trump Craves Retribution. I there think this the, I wanted to focus on the ownership point here, because whether it's Lachlan Murdoch, who's the CEO of Fox. Yeah. Or whether it's David Zaslav, who's the CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, my former home at CNN. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the owners that are going to be tested just like the individual journalists, hmm. because it's the owners who have the law on the line uh, for these businesses, uh, reporting to shareholders, and uh, they're going to have to be a part of this firewall, a part of this heat shield yeah. against what Trump is threatening, what he's promising, Yeah, because that's what he's doing, right? He's promising to his voters to punish the media. Um, I, I think the dynamic we're looking at, when we talk about the 2025 agenda, this part of the 47, is that whatever he said in the first term, whatever words he uttered, whatever threats he made, there's going to be an attempt to translate to actions right. in the second term. Right. And to surround himself with people who will make those actions happen, right? Who yeah. make those words turn to actions. That that seems to be what we're hearing, whether it's the FCC or other agencies. And and I, so I think this is a challenge for owners as well as journalists. It's a challenge for executives as well as for reporters. Uh, what are you going to do? How are you going to stand up to this? Uh, what are you going to do to it? Well, and, and not just stand up to it, how are you going to inform the public mm-hmm. of the stakes before yeah. election day? So I guess, I guess we would take it in two parts, right? Yeah. It's, are you going to, how are you going to inform the public of these, of these dangers? And then what are you going to do to stand up to it? And, you know, I think for different companies, there's going to be different answers, but when I look at it as a media reporter in the media realm, that's how I'm approaching it.
0: Yeah, I, that's it. now we got Jeff Bezos too at Washington Post. I mean, the 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 layer. He's a great example.
1: Can I say why he's a great example? Please. We've already seen Trump uh, try to abuse uh, Jeff Bezos, try to punish Jeff Bezos, yep. and the Washington Post. So you know, Bezos bought the Washington Post a decade ago. Yep. And what we know is that in Trump's first term, there were moves by the government against Amazon yep. in order to punish Bezos. For his coverage of Trump in the Washington Post. Yep. So it was like, uh, what do you call that in um, when you're playing pool? Like, uh, you know, you're trying to, to knock it, knock it off the, you know, it's um, forget the term, but Bank like shot. he's using <laughs> whatever he can to punish an owner of a newspaper. Yeah. And that was not just words. Those were actions. Yeah. And I think we need to look at those episodes from from the first term to see what he might try to do in a second term. And there
0: won't be guardrails this time. There won't be a you know be, because because of Podge twenty twenty five and and his agenda forty seven, which is very clear that he will seed these departments with his own zealots and acolytes. Those guardrails are professional civil service people who will say, "No, that's illegal. That's no good." They won't have those. There, there's no way a second term has those people this time, is there?
1: Right, a bank shot. That's what it's called in there pool. It's a bank hey, shot. I, I right. of it. I got that one too. Uh, I, yeah. I think we see from the public statements, from the yeah. comments of his allies, that you know he's he's going to be prioritizing people who are. Gosh, I hate the word loyalist because loyal to be loyal is a positive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To be loyal is something that you you want to respect. Yeah. So I was reading a headline about this earlier in the week, and it said you know Trump to install loyalists, and I'm thinking that's like the wrong word in this context. Yeah. Because they're loyal, they be loyal to Trump. Yes. But they would not, wouldn't necessarily be loyal to the country or the constitution. No. So I wish there was a better, maybe it's floozies or, or <laughs> flunkies. I don't know. We got to come up with some better word for zealous. what these people would be. It's a personal zealice. And the numbers are strong. I did a video last week about
0: this, this this Schedule F stuff. And the and the, and you know there, there, people don't realize there, there's only 4,000 political positions, appointed positions mm. in the government, which is a lot, by the way. I mean, think about that. Every four years, we have to come up with 4,000 people to fill these positions. Right. But that's, that's not many. And then, and then I think there's 8,000 senior executive service members. That's the SESs. Those are the, like the general officers of the civil service. They're currently trying to recruit 54,000 people for the new administration. <laughs> That's that's the target number, right? Fifty-four thousand. Do those numbers real quick. That goes well beyond the top levels of these per, uh, of these agencies. This is deep, right. deep into the bench of places like the FCC and the FTC and the and the uh, and and the Treasury. Things get really scary at some point when you've got that kind of a an influence within deep in the government by one political appointee. Um, uh, let's talk Succession. We have to because everybody loves the show, and and it's a big part of your book. Which is, you know, Rupert Murdoch is uh, ninety two. People are actually starting to die off. I, oh, I almost said finally. That's really rude. <laughs> you know, Mr. Kissinger just passed. You know, I, I mean, ninety two is not a spring chicken. Um, how, can you walk us through a little bit about what 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 is the setup at yeah. Fox with this leaders? Everybody knows Lachlan and, and James are all very different people. Can you explain that for my viewers? Like, what is, what does it mean? What should we expect in this Succession yeah. drama at Fox? Well,
1: Well, this is related to the ownership conversation. This is the thing about media ownership, knowing who's in charge, Who controls these companies? uh, Who has the power? And and that's exactly what this is when it comes to Fox. Lachlan Murdoch is Rupert Murdoch's oldest son. He's the favored son. He's in charge of the companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for as long as Rupert's alive, Rupert's always going to be influential. So, you know, there were headlines earlier this year, Rupert Murdoch stepping aside from the board of directors. Now he's the chairman emeritus. People wonder, what does it mean? Well, what it means is that Rupert's trying to signal to the whole world that he wants Lachlan to stay in charge. It's important for Rupert to signal that because when Rupert dies there will be a battle for control there will be a power struggle uh, for the for the soul and the heart and the finance and the and the bank account of Fox Corporation. Yeah. Uh and that's because there are uh, four siblings that are involved in this. James and Lachlan are two of them and then there's two uh, sisters, uh, half sister Prudence and sister Elizabeth. Okay. And basically the four these four children these four siblings they each have a vote uh, for the future of Fox and News Corp. In the event of Rupert's death, it's going to be a four-person decision about what happens oh, to these wow. assets. Wow. You could imagine a situation where James, who's a more liberal, more moderate son, he has a vision for Fox News that moves it in a dramatically different direction. He hates what Fox has become. He thinks the primetime shows are poison. Yeah. His wife Catherine feels the same way. So, wow. he can't do anything about it when his dad's alive. But when Rupert passes away, James can step in and try to take control. He can try to make a deal or take over Fox News. He can try to outvote Lachlan with the help of his sisters. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And that, that is why it's like succession. It's impossible to know wow. how it plays out. I mean, goodness, by the time River Murdoch dies, maybe someone else will already own Fox Corps. We just don't know. Yeah. But I think the important detail for your for your viewers, Fred, is you know, Lachlan is conservative. He doesn't like Trump, but he's conservative. James is the wild card he mm-hmm. he would actually affect regime change he would he would overthrow a lot of what you see on Fox News today
0: that's a, a dream we could all have I think you know and 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 I think we'll leave on that on that back again going to the afterword of the book which I I try to read you know and you did bring up a story that I followed very closely for minus touch about this fake yeah. the fake homeless veterans if for those who don't know, there was a story a few months ago where – and by the way, your book's so damn current, Brian. <laughs> there was a, just a few months ago where the story came out of upstate New York that um, because of homeless uh, – because of whatever, immigrants being shipped upstate, they kicked veterans out of this hotel, out of their homeless veterans. And and it was a huge story. And Fox played that. And in the end, the, the law and the short of it was all fake. The, the woman who had started it was lying. Um, but – but the congress, the, the state rep who supported her got himself on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was yeah. it ended, and and I guess for me, and it's funny that you 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 really use it as an example in the afterward of the book that, you know, even spite of all this, nothing's really changed, right? And 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 it was right. funny because I use that. I think I literally said that in my video for Minus Touch. It just shows that Fox News is still a network of lies. I mean, where does that leave us? I mean, you know.
1: Yeah. when it comes to defaming voting technology companies, I think, you know, Fox has learned a lesson. In a very, <laughs> a very specific lesson. Right? right? Like, they, they, Instead <laughs> of saying Dominion, they'll say that evil voting company. Like they just won't say the company's name. Right. right. So like, they've learned a lesson in a very narrow way. It's, yeah. it's almost like not allowing Trump on for live interviews. They right. tape their interviews with Trump now for right. legal exposure reasons, but he's still on and he's still lying. Um, so I think the, the story about the, The alleged vets kicked out for migrants didn't happen. It goes to show that when Fox sees a story like that, which came from the Murdoch-owned New York Post, uh, a story that's too good to be true, too terrible to be true, they will still jump on it. They will still run with it. And then the most revealing part is once it fell apart, once reporters from real outlets did real reporting and found this really wasn't true. A local newspaper, by the way. Local local News. Yep. Laura Ingram came on on a Friday night and tried to bury the correction and said, quote, the group behind the claim made it up. We have no clue why anyone would do such a thing. (laughs) And of course Fox's breathless coverage was exactly the reason why someone would do such a thing. You know, you know, there's, there's a sucker born every minute at, at Fox and, uh, I'd like to think that they learn from these lessons, but they don't, not unless they have to pay a hundred million dollars in settlements. They don't learn. And and ultimately I think it's about supply and demand. It's it's not just that they are supplying this nonsense and noise. It's that there's a demand for it Mm. from their audience. It's that they have an audience that they've, that they've uh, nurtured for years, that they've deceived for years that want to be lied to. And unfortunately that's the harder part of this that we all have to wrestle with. Um, why? Why do so many people want to believe uh, these these crazy stories?
0: Yeah, and how do we do that? And how do we? So I guess we'll end with that. How the hell do we save our democracy from all this, Brian? I mean, it, 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 I mean, this 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 really is democracy destroying democracy endangering stuff when we have such a virulent essentially propaganda machine that is so very effective you know I, I, a congressman says something on the chain it, it's I mean I joke about all the time these, these elected representatives the republican side and they, they got that sweet sweet fox hit out of it they'll say something crazy on a committee meeting and they'll be unhandled eight hours later it's just it's like a one for one exchange craziest shit you can possibly think of on TV on the committee eight hours later you're on Sean talking about those crazy libs I mean how do we as pro-democracy because that's what this is Midas Touch and on and, and Moxie, we are we're you know hardcore pro-democracy what does that leave us for how can pro-democracy forces fight back and then i'll let you go
1: i think number one public pressure does make a difference public pressure does matter Um, whether it's the protesters who stand outside fox headquarters on tuesdays uh, whether it is uh, bloggers who are pointing out the uh, lies and uh, you know and, and, and nonsense that's online, yeah. whether it's on social media sharing these clips that show the hypocrisy of Fox, uh, whether it is people uh, pestering and, and, and demanding change from Lachlan Murdoch directly. This stuff matters. Uh, it's, it's tempting to think that it doesn't. It's tempting to think that no one there is capable of shame, that they don't even notice what's said about them but they do like yeah. take it from me. Uh, you know, I still talk to a, a number of sources of Fox number of hosts at Fox, the public pressure matters that the headlines on media matter, the stories from, you know, the activist group media matters matter. Like yeah. this stuff, it doesn't go into a vacuum. It doesn't disappear into a wormhole. Public pressure does make a difference. So I, I say that because I think, uh, we've seen, changes i think tucker carlson's firing is probably the most dramatic example yeah tucker was fired for lots of reasons i have pages of reasons in the book for why but one of the reasons why is lachlan murdoch didn't want the headache anymore yeah and why were there headaches well it's because advertisers were repelled by him because all people were pointing out all the conspiracy theories like that stuff matters the outside attention does matter and then i think um most Americans don't want to live in an autocracy. No, most Americans do not want this country to backslide right. uh, away from democracy any further than it already has. However, many Americans may not know the stakes. They may not know what's in front of them. It may not know what's coming. And and so I I think there is where I, I definitely if you think I'm wrong, uh, there's like an information gap that we need to help fill, uh, where you've got a lot of good decent people. Who don't want to see any dictator or any any form of government that any in any direction like that, yeah. but they may not know what's coming. They may not know what's being promised by certain candidates. They may not know the stakes of this election. I, I see that as an information gap that can and will, I, and I should be filled in the next eleven months by people like you.
0: There you go. That's <laughs> thanks for that. You led me right to it. That's exactly. It. We we talked about it a lot in the show. I didn't come up with the idea. I, I think. Somebody buying it. Somebody came up with the idea with too much coverage of the odds rather than the stakes. Right? It's, it's that's Jay wrong. Rosen at NYU. That Jay it's Rosen, a great thank
1: way you. to put it. Thank you. And that idea yeah. has really seeped deeply, I think, it into has. members of the media. I
0: yeah. hope so, because there is just—I mean, Columbia Journal cgr did a great review of the headlines in the New York New York Times and the Washington Post about how. Overwhelming, all the stories are about odds. So I think, I'm glad you say that, because it's something we fight, it's personally a mission of mine. Again, as a communicator, as a spokesman for the military, the government, as a PR guy, and now as a political activist we have to get the truth out there and the truth we have to we have to fight for the people understand the larger picture of what we face as a country man I can't mm-hmm. thank you enough I know you got holidays to start Congrats. happy Hanukkah <laughs> I hope you enjoy it um, I, thank I didn't, didn't want to let you go without saying I, I understand your mom passed away last month and and I just uh, so sorry for your loss and how hard that is no matter what age you are so uh, you've had a heck of a month thank
1: you <laughs> you know well so. you know she taught me everything I know about any any writing talent I had uh, any writing talent I have came came from her so wow uh, it's been it's been sweet in a way to be out here promoting a book because I feel like uh, I can I I feel her presence. Uh, when I'm doing it, so thank you, thank well, you for saying that.
0: that's lovely. Well, enjoy your holidays. Thank you for joining us. I, I just it's just a joy to finally get to connect with you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thanks so much, and good
0: luck. With the, and by the way, before you go, Network Lies now available everywhere. Right, I got it at Amazon. You got it. <laughs> you know, that's right. be sure to get it. We got a copy. Of our, our 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 loyal viewers and listeners are a good book buyers. So, folks, pick up the book. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> I burned through it so fast. It made my head spin. It's worth it's worth the pickup. So, <laughs> thank good you. Good luck. Happy holidays. Likewise, thanks. thank you so much. Man, that was fun. <laughs> I really, I really am a fan of Brian. I've been a fan of CNN. I, I, I admit it. That's again, I, I was fortunate as I came in that the idea of being a spokesman for the United States government had the opportunity to go and spend a day at CNN and kind of learn the ropes. And again, I do tell the truth, and I say uh, a lot of great journalists, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists, especially have been very good to me. so as, as you teaching me about what's right and what's wrong in the world, and 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 I, so I'm still a big fan of our our, our media and our journalists, and uh, that's why we have so many of them on here, right? So again, terrific book. I'm not kidding. It's very different. The Dominion lawsuit's given Brian so much good information that you haven't seen elsewhere. I, I did not know that some crazy lady who believed that spirits told her about Smartmatic is how all this thing started. So a lot of cool information. So please be sure to pick up his book. And I always tell our I tell our book author guests that you guys are great about buying their books. So don't prove me wrong. All right. Leave a comment in this on the replies in the video so you can see you did it. In the meantime, there's a lot going on, obviously. Um, I won't try to sum it up. You heard me mention my, my little lawsuit thing. <laughs> we'll probably do that in a separate video sometime. Talk about that, Matt. Uh, we are getting ready to follow our, our counter our counter our, our filings against a ridiculous lawsuit that um, is completely. Um, uh based in fiction <laughs> so i will i'll be i'll be uh, i'll be delicate matt's back there waving at me like, don't do it don't make it worse <laughs> um my lawyer i can hear my lawyer buzzing in my ear like hey what are you doing don't talk about it um you know look the, the fact is there's a lot of people using our legal system to, to shut us up and there's no question about that folks they they want us to be scared uh, i've been doxxed before i I've, I've had threats sent to me look that's part of this business but they want us to be scared and, and i'll leave you on this note Great couple of t- great articles came out today from uh, uh, Greg Sargent, former guest here on the Wash from the Washington Post, and then of course my friend Dennis Africa, also a former guest, our first guest on the MyTouch Network. Too, uh, he was in Salon today talking about how. Trump and this inevitable talk about this inevitability. Keep talking about what his cabinet's gonna be and what laws are gonna this is what strong men do. This is what Ruth Banget says too. Matter of fact, Ruth, man, talk about the on democracy circle. Ruth Banget, a guest, is quoted in Greg Sargent's piece, a former guest, twice over. And then Dennis Africa uses that for his piece. I'm telling you, man, this is the place they all go. <laughs> and, and Ruth talks about that. These these strong men, these authoritarians, they want to create an air of inevitability so that we lose our will to fight. Okay, Trump's whole modus operandi. Steve Bannon, Cash Patel. The reason they're pounding this is what we're going to do. We're coming for you. We're going to throw people in jail. They want you to be scared. They want us to spend all of our time wringing our hands, create an air of inevitability, and then and then we kick the shit out of them at the fucking ballot box. They'll say that they, we cheated. The fact is, folks, we are winning. We're winning. That's why they're scared. That's why they're doing all this crazy shit, telling us they're winning. Because they know that. Look, they see the polls. They see the nut job losing his mind on TV, Donald J. Trump. They know they are riding a bad horse. We do too. So please don't lose hope. Don't let them scare you. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't let let them make you think it's inevitable there's going to be another Donald Trump term. Because there just isn't. I know, I know, I want to, we got to fight. We will fight. We have to fight. I assure you, we will fight. We have to fight, but there is no way, and there's no inevitability to a second Donald Trump term. Okay, so don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. That's the enemy of authoritarianism. That's the enemy. They're scared to death of your hope. They're scared to death of your faith in our democracy this is not the place for that is it this is not the place this show this network all of you in our community is not the place for us to lose hope for our democracy so, thank you for joining me every week with these conversations. I hope you catch my latest videos on MyStudgeNeck or wherever you find your podcast. Like I mentioned, be sure to leave a reply or a comment. As always, I'm proud to be the chairman of the Forgotten Democrats. Going back to what we're talking about, the hope that we can elect more people to Congress who aren't crazy. As always, if you want to learn more about my um, lawsuit with Mike Flynn or whatever we're writing, I would love you. I would just love you to join our Substack community, especially as a paid subscriber. Um, again, that's fpwellman.substack. We'll put it up on the screen. Join the community. I'm, I'm writing more than I used to. You can find out more about the silliness going on in my life right there. You'll find out more about my past, the loss of my first wife. All those stories are in my Substack. if you haven't found it yet. I would love you to go check out our Substack. In the meantime, again, don't lose faith, man. We are winning. The reason they're so scared and desperate, because they know it too. They know it too. With that, man, I can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for joining us.